0: you have leaders talking about oh you should take a mental health day because it's great for you but yet you work 70 80 hour weeks you send emails at ridiculous times what kind of example are you modeling you're not really leading others because you're not leading self therefore they're not gonna listen to you welcome to an episode of everyday leadership where today it's just me (laughs) it's just me talking rather than having a guest in. And I said, I'm going to do that once in a while and just have random episodes where I'm just sharing some things that are on my mind, some things that I'm seeing based on so many different conversations I am having. And today's podcast, it's about identity. Who are you? No, really, who are you? When you introduce yourself, how do you do that? It's interesting how so many times people lead with their job title because that's the one of the strongest pieces of identity that they have yet if all you ever have all you've identified with is your job title what happens when you're fired from that job when you're made redundant from that job when you retire from that job Just a couple of days ago, I was in Paris, leading a workshop. I flew in on the Tuesday the night before. The team had been there the whole week. So no one really knew who I, no one knew who I was, apart from the two people who I'd organized with their senior leaders. So early morning, I got down, went out to breakfast. I started eating. One of the participants came down to the table. And I just started talking to her. I'm having a conversation here. How you doing? How you friend?" And she was answering me. But I could also see there was uh, a skepticism in her eyes around who is this person talking to me again? And intentionally, I didn't introduce myself. I want to see how, <laughs> how this is gonna play out. And as we were talking, one of the leaders came down. He saw me was like, hey, Shelby, how are you doing? Let me introduce you. This is the coach that's gonna be with us today. She's like, oh, the coach. You should have said. And I asked her, what difference did it make if I introduced myself as the coach, because we were still having a great conversation. We were still getting to know each other. And isn't that what fundamentally should be about when you meet someone new? Me giving you my title should not make a difference. That's like an example of so many conversations I've probably had over the last 18 months. I think there's been something around the pandemic which has led a lot of people to explore who are you, to explore what they hold their identity to. In today's day and age, yes, you had job titles, but you also had people who were defined by consumerism. You have people who were defined by how much money they made. You have people who were defined by their popularity. It's interesting that there have been several surveys and studies done on athletes, football players in particular. And we've talked about how during the pandemic, there was an increase in symptoms for anxiety and depression. As not only were football players worried about if they were ever going to play again, which is a massive worry, that's understandable. But interestingly enough, it was when they did go back to the game, there were no crowds. And playing in stadiums where there were no crowds was a problem to them because so many of them got off the love, the joy, the abuse, believe it or not, but just the sound that the crowd gave them, it filled them up. It made them come alive. That was their identity. They had the money. They had the fame. They were still known. But they weren't really known because no one could see them from day to day. You can only see them now on Instagram in their back gardens playing kick-ups. And that was a different feeling. That's why artificial noises and sounds had to be put into the stadium just to help the players. Can you imagine that? You've got the money. You've got the fame. You are supposed to be living and executing on your dream. Yet because the crowd is not cheering for you. It makes you feel less than, who are you? That was a question I've had to ask myself, who am I? Because I remember when I was a lot younger, I was a teenager and I was in with the in crowd and I put them in hype quotes because these were people who were popular with everyone else. And I was in with them. But to be in with them, I was living an identity that was really at me. I wasn't happy. Externally, it should have looked great. It should have been the best way you want to be living as a teenager. You're with a popular kid. But internally, I was lying to myself. I wasn't keeping it real. I wasn't having the kind of conversations I wanted to have. I created a false sense of who I was. I created this false identity to fit in with that in crowd. And it got to a point where it was really just, I got home one day and I just, I was in my bed and I just broke down. And I was like, I can't keep on doing this. I can't keep on living this way. I can't keep on pretending to be something else. Cause that's not me. That's not my identity. And I remember having a conversation with God and God was saying to me, but who are you? And he reminded me that when he made me, molded me and shaped me, he gave me my own gifts and talents. He gave me my own unique ability to be able to see certain things, to be able to talk in a certain way, to be able to look at life in a particular way. And the reason why I was struggling was because I was not doing that. I was performing to the crowd rather than living true to myself. And I had to make a decision which has shaped my life going forward, because that decision has helped me to grow in confidence when a recruiter reaches out to me and tells me I'm not going to put forward for a job just because of my name. That decision has helped me when I'm being told that you are good at what you do, however, the way that you approach this interview, the way that you're so calm, the way you're so laid back, the way you're so chilled, we don't think it's going to fit into this environment because that's not what this environment needs. Also, they thought because after four interviews, which you should read two, without me changing who I was and recognizing my identity, they finally said yes. And I wanted to make nine figures for that organization and help them to change the way they thought about recruiting people, the way they thought about their culture. And more importantly, shaping the way leaders thought about themselves and their identity because I refused to change. The recruiter came back to me and was like, if you want this job, you need to do this, 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 this. And I said, I do want this job. It'll be a massive opportunity, especially for what we're trying to achieve at that point in time. The massive pay rise. I'm not willing to change who I am. Because I'd been there many, many years ago. I think at that point in time, it was probably 15 years. I'd been there when I was younger. I don't want to go back there because I recognized the strength of my identity and how much that gave me confidence. Just this week, I was having a conversation with an organization around colorblindness. And I said, when you refuse to see and recognize the race of a person, i.e. it was an environment where we're talking about black people, And it's like when me as a black man, I'm not identified as a black person, you refuse to see the experiences and the perspective that I come with. You refuse to see me as who I am because my blackness is linked to my identity. I don't hide from it, I don't shy away from it. Shoot, my name is Shokka Fullywag Balusi. I can't run away from it. My name is different. And there's so many different things linked into that. But rather than you, Dismissing it or you being uncomfortable not talking about it. When you lean in with curiosity, you can learn so much about it. That's who your identity is. I remember Epictus said, know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. It's powerful words, isn't it? Know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. One of the polarities I live my life by is lead self and lead others. It's on the logo of this podcast. I've talked about it so many times. But that's because so often a lot of leaders be like, I want to look after my team, I want to look after other people. But it starts with you. I always say for me, my biggest training ground for learning how to lead was in my household. Getting married at the age of 22, having two kids by the age of 24, really, really shaped me about what it means to lead. Because I had to take and make decisions that were not just based on myself, but they were based on my family and vice versa. But let me tell you an interesting point that my wife made to me not too long ago, actually. She said to me for so many years, I didn't have enough faith of my own. And your faith when you moved and you made bold decisions carried us as a family. And I borrowed some of your faith until I had my own to soar on my own two feet or to stand on my own two feet and then to start soaring. Decisions I made, which were links to a family who we, me and her had conversations about where she gave me that confidence for to make those bold decisions well, I knew I had to step out, lead self, so I could do this for my family, lead others, encouraged her to be able to do exactly the same thing. If my identity was rooted in something else, if my identity wasn't leading from the inside out rather than and letting outside in influence me, we would never be where we are. I will never have encouraged my wife. I've never been a role model to my kids, which are very, very important to me and shape how I show up day to day. When you have leaders talking about, oh, you should take a mental health day because it's great for you, but yet you work 70, 80 hour weeks. You send emails at ridiculous times. What kind of example are you modeling You're not really leading others because you're not leading self. Therefore, they're not going to listen to you. But yeah, I have flip side of that, there are other leaders who do take holidays and not only do they take holidays, they come back and they share how revitalized those holidays were, which encourage other people because we all love stories, leading self, leading others. When you have an identity that is linked into your social class, into your education, into your job, into your title, into money, those are things that can be easily taken away from me. Those are things that you can easily Lose. Those are things that can change their rankings over a period of time. But when your identity is rooted inside of who you are, by understanding who you are, what you're about, how you show up, that is something that can never, ever, ever be taken away from you. There's another quote that says: unlike a drop of water, which loses his identity when it joins the ocean, man does not lose his being in the society in which he lives. Man's life is independent. He is born not for the development of the society alone, but for the development of his self. B.R. Ambedkar, I hope I said that name right, said those words. Unlike a drop of water which loses identity when it joins the ocean, man does not lose his being in the society in which he lives. But yeah, it happens so easily. We assimilate so easily. We go into spaces and places and we fit in to those spaces and places, even though we don't necessarily belong. And we recognize we don't belong because there is something missing. There's a part of us that is not happy. There's a part of us that knows I'm sacrificing an element. I know, as again, I've all kinds of do speak of my identities. I know, as Black people, as a Black person, there have been times when I have done certain things, whether it's around the cold switching. Or changing the way I show up and the way that I have certain conversations, not just about my in or the language I use, but have certain conversations, I hold back on certain things just to fit into those spaces and places. And I know inside of me, there was this thing that said, why are you doing that? That's not right. That's not fair. But yeah, I did it anyway, because I wanted to fit in. That internal voice was telling me, you don't belong in this space. Therefore, don't do that. I ignore that voice. For years, I ignored that voice. Until I had to have another conversation with myself, so it's good to talk to yourself, around what are you really doing? Why are you trying to fit into this space and place? By you doing that, are you limiting yourself? Even though you feel like you're enhancing your career trajectory, even though it feels like you're enhancing your social status, are you really enhancing yourself? And even if you are doing those things, at the detriment of what? Because if you are not really, truly happy, and you're only really, truly happy when you're in those environments, when you're by yourself, you're not, there's a problem. There's a problem with your identity. Your identity shows up how you lead yourself. It shows up how you lead Others. If you only ever focus on the others, there's a real good chance that people will take advantage of you. I worked with a leader recently. She was great at leading her team, but she was really, really empathetic. And people knew that and they took advantage of her. There was someone in her team that she should have fired. But that person was able to twist and manipulate her and her feelings and emotions until we had a conversation. And I said, you are ma- being selfish by not letting that person go. You are being selfish because it's causing an issue for the rest of the team. So while you're wrapped up in your own feelings and your emotions and letting this person twist you around their finger, about the others, the other eight people in your team who are feeling the effects of this, It's a selfish decision. If you say you really care about your team, if you say you really want to lead others in the best possible way, then you need to get over yourself and step up to the position and decision that you need to make, which she did. And the dynamic in just a couple of weeks massively changed. They were happy. They were grateful. They were like, this should have happened sooner. There were so many things that happened in a short space of time by making one decision just because she was so focused on pleasing other people. That's still part of your identity. You have begin to question yourself and saying, why am I doing this? Why am I making that decision? Or why am I not making that decision? Who is that in service of? Who am I trying to please? Those are key points. To be able to recognize when you think about identity. The people who used their jobs as their identity and were let go of during the pandemic really struggled. People who defined themselves by the clothes that they wore, the jewelry they had, the cars they drove, when all that wasn't. On show sure anymore during the pandemic, really struggled. People who lived lives traveling around the world and then were forced to stay in one place for two years really struggled. The problem with the average person today is they're defined by consumerism and defined by their job titles. You are not what you have, you are not what you wear. You are not your job title. You are not the degree that you have, but who are you? I am Shop I'm also a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. I'm a founder of Mindset Shift. If you want some coaching, come through. I'm um, executive coach. I'm a public speaker. I'm a podcast host, which you're listening to right now, and a soon-to-be author. I'm putting that out there right now. There's different elements to who I am. different elements to how I show up. But starts with identifying who I am. Starts with identifying what my identity is formed on. That's the core. That's the foundation. When my identity was shaped and based on other people's opinions of me, that was on shaky ground, and I was not happy. When it was based on how much money I had, that was on shaky ground. When it was based on the job title, again, that was on shaky ground. When it was based on me living in my purpose and me executing in my purpose, which was not easy, which was scary, that was the firm foundation that I was able to build my happiness on. That happiness has flowed into being a husband, being a father, being a friend, being a mentor, being a coach, and doing all the different things that you see and witness day in and day out. It's never easy starting to unlock and unpack your identity, but it's one of the best and the most valuable exercises you will ever do you want to stop running, you really want to live a purpose-driven life that is focused, focused on how you define happiness. First question to ask yourself is, what is my identity shaped on? What is my identity built on? Who am I? See you next week.